When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. How to buy NFT real estate. If you're wondering, I get it. Everybody's talking about it. And like me, you may be curious as to what this means for the future of real estate investing. I mean, I'm paying attention and I'm doing my research. And if you like making money, you're going to want to know what I found. You ready? Let's go. Welcome to the all new Epic Real Estate Investing Show. The longest running real estate investing podcast on the interwebs. Your source for housing market updates, creative investing strategies, and everything else you need to retire early. Some audio may be pulled from our weekly videos and may require visual support. To get the full premium experience, check out Epic Real Estate's YouTube channel, epicrei.tv. If you want to make money in real estate, sit tight and stay tuned. If you want to go far, share this with a friend. If you want to go fast, go to reiace.com. Here's Matt. Okay, by the time we're done here, you'll know how to buy a real estate NFT and what it means for the future of investing. Oh, and by the way, if you're still looking to get that first deal under your belt in the real world, I put together a free training just for you to help you get that first one done. And then how to earn $5,000 a month flipping contracts and properties working as little as one hour a day. And you can access it for free at mattsfreetraining.com. Right now, it seems like everyone is talking about NFTs. You hear them referenced in in many different contexts from photos, videos, audios, and, and what we're talking about here today in real estate. I probably like you are straddling the fence between, you know, I don't want to mess around with this weird stuff. And, and then also seems like there's a lot of money being made over here and maybe I shouldn't be ignoring it. I mean, can you relate? Well, I'm diving in. And here's the biggest reason why. I remember when I was in the music business and the digital download came along and I completely snubbed my nose at it thinking, who in their right mind would want to give up the experience of walking into a music store and thumbing through the crates, digging for that next gem? Well, apparently everybody, as you'd be hard pressed to find crates of records these days, let alone a music store. I, I know they're still out there, but they used to be on every corner. Anyway, that's not the point here. The point is that me ignoring technology in the past, ignoring progress, ignoring emerging cultures, all of that sticking my head in the sand and ignoring the direction that my industry was headed, that put me out of business. So I learned my lesson. I'm not going to be that guy this time. So the real estate NFT has my attention and I'm becoming a student of this new game. And a very wise person once said to me, he said, the best way to learn something is to teach it as soon as you learn it. So I'm going to teach you what I've learned up to this point. So NFT stands for non-fungible token. This is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain, a form of digital ledger that, that can be sold and traded. And NFT is not an actual cryptocurrency in the same sense as, say, Bitcoin, but they live in the same digital world, so to speak. A cryptocurrency utilizes blockchain technology for its ability to track financial transactions between parties. They were designed as a type of digital currency for use on the internet and in a digital first world. 
NFTs are also built on a blockchain, but instead are used to guarantee ownership of an asset. So I guess you, you think of it as a certificate, such as an auto or real estate title stating the legal owner of a car or home except that an NFT is proof of ownership in digital form. Most NFTs are based on the Ethereum blockchain network. So these NFTs seem to be in the news almost every day, from record-breaking prices for NFT art to NFTs used as marketing tools for popular fast food chains. The trend seems to be really catching on, and a lot of money is exchanging hands as it does. So as a gimmick or collectible, sometimes both, NFTs are easy to implement and execute, but it's proving to be a much bigger challenge to apply them to slow to change industries such as real estate. So in the past year, experimental uses of NFTs have been popping up in the industry. Everything from building projects to lending are being tested as NFTs. Various companies and, and individuals are looking to improve our rather slow and inefficient document-heavy business. In the context of real estate, NFTs are nothing more than unique digital titles or tokens to property either real or virtual, that are stored on a blockchain ledger. And I'm starting to understand blockchain as the next evolution of the internet. It's easier for me to wrap my mind around it if I just keep reminding myself of that. But theoretically, using NFTs in real estate can reduce the risks of harm due to fraud and can improve the ability of an owner to prove that they do, in fact, own real estate in a more secure way. Merging a digital world with the real world is still a work in progress that you know, some of the smartest minds on the planet are taking on. At the moment, though, there are two types of tokenizations involved in real estate. Entire asset, EA, and fractional ownership, FO. FO tokenization is fairly simple. It's similar to a crowdfunding platform or other similar structure that allows investors to buy shares of real estate. Each fractional owner holds a number of tokens that represents shares in the project, depending on how the investment is structured. FO tokenization is already being used in limited cases in the real estate industry. EA tokenization, on the other hand, cannot work unless the actual property deed is turned into an NFT. This is still incredibly difficult to accomplish due to the regulatory environment surrounding real estate investments. But this past February, a home in Gulfport, Florida, was auctioned for the equivalent of $654,000 and is being billed as the first home in the United States to be sold as a non-fungible token. It's questionable as to whether this is exactly how NFTs will be used in EA sales moving forward, but it does show that steps continue to be taken to move the ball down the field. There's plenty of kinks to iron out when it comes to registering individual physical homes as NFTs, but Digital real estate can easily be registered using NFTs right now. Digital real estate doesn't really have any regulatory rules since it exists in a virtual world that's the financially regulated equivalent of the Wild West. So what's digital real estate, you might be thinking? I understand, I had the same question. Digital real estate exists in virtual spaces, often referred to as the metaverse or sandbox platforms, where users can interact with and construct almost anything that they want. You know, if you've got kids, you may be familiar with the game Minecraft. That's an example of a metaverse. Other common platforms include Roblox, which is my son's game of choice. This is the real deal too. Roblox is publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Decentraland is another metaverse. Axie Infinity is another. Upland and CryptoVoxels are others. So there's a number of these metaverses already in existence where you can purchase digital real estate as NFTs. So just like real life real estate, Virtual real estate lots are designated parcels within the space designated for that platform. So there's a limit on how many parcels are available depending on the platform, and that creates scarcity 
in the same way that there's only so much land in the physical world. So how do real estate NFTs work and how do you buy them? Well, real estate NFTs work just like any other NFT. They're purchased using a cryptocurrency of the seller's choosing held in a digital wallet. And once owned, they can be sold again, or in real estate terms, flipped for a profit. Use of NFTs are starting to be incorporated into the mortgage industry also. Not yet widely used in mortgage products, but they may become more popular. LoanSnap, using its Bacon protocol, has offered the first NFT mortgages in the form of home equity loans. They process loans just like regular mortgages, but issue NFTs instead of simply creating mortgage notes with the liens. So far, just a handful of NFT mortgages have been minted and are not yet available for mortgage note or crypto investors to consider for their portfolios. However, LoanSnap plans to issue a stablecoin called B-Home, which will represent fractional ownership in NFT mortgage notes. So, so far, sounds kind of cool. But because real estate NFTs are so new, it's difficult to really gauge their strengths and weaknesses. There are currently a lot of experiments taking place that will help investors to better understand where NFTs can and cannot be applied within the real estate industry. However, we do know a few things. First, real estate NFTs, like any other NFTs, promise easily traceable, secure records of ownership for a wide range of real estate investments. Second, they will allow the purchase and sale of real estate in virtual worlds, which are emerging as an investing frontier. On the other hand, like anything in the crypto world, real estate NFTs are generally not guaranteed and their value can go to zero with no warning. Real estate NFTs related to virtual real estate will be especially risky investments for some time. These NFTs that represent fractional ownership in real-world investments should be more stable. So what could it look like in the future? Well, right now, from what I see, the marriage of real estate and NFTs looks very promising, but it's in such an early stage that it's hard to make predictions. NFTs, in theory, can provide easy ways to transfer ownership of shares in real estate investments or virtual real estate. But don't expect them to be incorporated into standard operating procedures of transferring whole properties anytime soon. Although it is coming. Current real estate laws make it very difficult to hold real estate properties as NFTs, as blockchain technology and other tools in the crypto toolbox prove increasingly useful for things such as creating mortgages and, and generating crowdfunding opportunities. It's likely they will change. Until then, with regard to real world real estate, Look for opportunities to hold portions of mortgage debt, building projects, and other group investments as NFTs. So I'm going to be diving deeper into the digital real estate world, and I'm going to keep you posted as to what I learned and how I plan on incorporating it into my diversified investing strategy. If you'd like to explore the possibility of working together one-on-one -on -one and becoming a master creative real estate investor in the real world with a coach that doesn't shut the door to any profitable possibility, go to reiace.com, answer a few questions, and then just pick a time for us to hop on the phone and brainstorm some ideas about getting you to the next level of your real estate investing. That's at reiace.com. Please stand by. We've got overhead to pay. We'll be right back. Remember that person that gave up on their real estate investing dreams? Neither do I. Let's keep going. Back to the show. So I want to talk about the death of your business and how to avoid it. And I want to talk about it in the context of our Legends Challenge. And this is why I decided to do this challenge again, because we're dealing with some major stuff in the economy, as we all know, and it's 
got a quite a few people concerned and maybe downright scared. And, you know, we're talking about inflation, right? 0.6%, which is like four or five, what's it? it's four times the, the normal rate of what we want our economy to run. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but when they calculate those inflation numbers, they don't calculate food and gas. And that's where it's really kind of hitting us the hardest. So it's probably a lot higher than 8.6%. The debt is increasing. Uh, we're having this, the, the gap between the rich and the poor is getting wider and wider. We are, our imports and exports are totally out of balance. We're importing way more than we export. We're like the country or the globe's best customer. And that best vendor typically right now is going to be, is China. You know, they're, they're strengthening in, the, in their economy. Our currency is being devalued. Eventually, uh, it might not even be the reserve currency anymore if it continues down this path. And the, the education system and the way our country is being divided, we're becoming less and less patriotic and we're pointing our fingers and we're just turning into a country of angry victims, really. And this should cause them some concern for sure, because public sentiment has a lot to do with which way the economy actually goes if we're going into a recession or if we go into something called stagflation, which is a very scary possibility. Because there are a lot of things right now that are just outside of our control that will be affecting us in the future. Now, we don't have a crystal ball. I wish I did because I'd be making some really good calls right now if I did. But it seems fairly reasonable to expect or to start planning for, you know, some things that are likely to happen. And it's going to cause us to or it's going to require us if we want to pull through this to act in a very certain way and take some very specific actions because a lot of wealth is built in times like this where everybody's a little bit afraid and there are some very specific things to do and there's some very specific things not to do. So I think we should be planning for inflation to be sticking around for a little while uh, by all reports I'm seeing another year or two. Could be longer, could be shorter. I think we should plan on the stock market hitting new lows. A lot of the experts are suggesting that. Some, things were, some people think we're pretty close to there. If you're into cryptocurrency, that's probably going to continue a little bit of a downcline. Uh, decline. I don't see anything in the economy right now that's going to bring positive consumer, the retail consumer back into the market anytime soon. I think funding is going to become a little bit more scarce when it comes to real estate. It's certainly getting more expensive. So your options are going to be limited, even if it doesn't leave. I think uh, even to the point where hedge funds that have been buying a lot of real estate, I think they're putting uh, the pause on a little bit to see what happens. Consumer behavior is changing. Uh, unemployment, we're already seeing announcements of layoffs. I know layoffs. I know Apple is one, I believe. Coinbase was one. There was another one I was thinking of, and but it's happening. And so unemployment is probably going to start increasing. And then um, what is the housing market going to do? That's what we're all really concerned about because that's the industry that we're in. I think it's certainly going to slow down. It's already the sales activity is slowing down for sure. Prices haven't really shown a, any sort of correction yet. It's potential. I don't anticipate a crash, but I, you know, I would be surprised if we pulled back a little bit. And we're certainly going to be start seeing longer days on market. You're going to see pick your buyers. The mortgage uh, applications are down and declining. So less and less retail buyers are out there. It's really impacting mostly your first time home buyers and your middle class. The wealthy haven't really felt it yet. And then there's definitely signs that they are still buying. They're buying investment properties, buying second homes, vacation homes, stuff like that. So basically overall, just we're going to need to plan for a recession lasting for potentially a couple of years. I need to plan for. So what is there to do inside of that? Well, I got a few things that you, you're going to want to do and something that we're doing here in our household as well is analyze and look at all of your discretionary spending at the moment and, and see what needs to be cut. What can you cut? 
some of those luxuries that you've been uh, become accustomed to, are they really essential? So look for there. Look at your consumer debt. Certainly don't want to pile too much more onto that. And you would like to probably allocate some funds to start pulling back on that. As the, the interest rates rise, if you have adjustable credit cards, those payments are going to start increasing too. So you want to start try attacking those while you can. And then with all that money that you're saving, you're going to start one of building your cash reserves with what you're able to save. But the bigger focus is really going to be on taking a total offensive approach on your income. Because with prices rising, we're kind of in a situation that rising so fast with inflation rising so fast, we can't save enough fast enough for it to have a real impact. And sitting still and waiting for this thing to blow over could cause some real financial harm to a lot of people. So we gotta really focus on income, whether that's going into your job and asking for a raise, whether it's taking on a second job, or you know, you go out and take on an asset class or learn a new skill, which is what a lot of people do during the recession is they'll go back to school to increase their skills or to learn new skills. So one of some of the things that you might wanna look at is learning how to flip properties. We're at Epic Real Estate, this is what we do here. Whether you're flipping, properties after you fix them, whether you are flipping them without fixing them, or whether you're just flipping the contracts that you get uh, under your control. You don't learn how to create cash flow. You want to increase your income that way with passive income. Might not be enough hours in the day for us all to keep up with inflation. And then ideally you want to learn creative techniques, creative approaches, creative strategies to learn to do both, to get cash and cash flow out of every property that you come across, every seller that you talk to. And I think right now, potentially, there are some small signs of it happening right now, not nothing blatant, but some small signs that there's going to be a lot of people feeling a lot of pain here in, in the near future. And that pain is going to be very much could be resolved by finances and they're not going to have it. And there's going to be a lot of property owners that are going to be turning to their properties for financial relief. And that's where we can come in and give them some peace of mind and get some equity in exchange. And I think right now, over the next few years, it could potentially be easier for the first time real estate investor, the brand new real estate investor, than it has been for a while. You know, when property prices are going up so fast and, and sellers are used to hearing that and they, they see it and they feel it, you know, the, the opportunities for discounts become smaller and smaller and smaller. But I think that that opportunity is gonna start shifting in the other direction. So I wanna show you what I went through with the Epic Legends yesterday during our first session of the uh, Legends Challenge of what you actually need in your business to thrive, right? To pull through this. So we talked about what the challenge is and we talked about how it works and then what the actual success plan is to help everybody get their contract signed within the next 10 days. That's the goal. That's what the whole challenge is about, getting a contract signed in the next 10 days. But what your business needs are. So there's several things that you're gonna need in your business. I got one, two, three, six of them that I came up with. You got to know why you're in business in the first place. And that's kind of a little bit of a platitude, I guess. It's kind of commonly known, but what does that really mean? Where people are like, why am I doing this? Well, I want more money or whatever it may be, but I can't with some different things, but it has to be something for you to really succeed and push through, particularly if you've been struggling with succeeding in real estate or you've been trying to get started and you get a little stuck. You got to, it has to be something as if your life depends on it. It really does. It has to be that straightforward. It has to be as if what's most important to you depends on it. Because this is what I see frequently that uh, people come into real estate is they start sacrificing what they want right now for what they want most. You know, people get involved in real estate because they want to be wealthy. 
They want to be financially free. They want to be financially independent. They want to stop working for that, that mean old boss. They want to stop being accountable to the time clock, right? They want to get out of the rat race. That's what they want most. But when it comes to time to go ahead and do the work, you know, they might opt for a nap because that's what they want right now. Or they might opt to go learn a little bit more before they actually take the action because they feel like they're lacking the confidence. And that's what they want right now is some confidence right now. But what really happened, what was really going to translate into what you want most is taking action right now and, and not the nap or not, you know, I'm going to read a book, or I'm going to watch this TV show, then I'll get to work, whatever it may be. That's a big thing. So you got to sacrifice what you want right now for what you want most. And so most people that are to their families, that's going to be the most important thing to them or whatever, whatever it is that you love most in life, make it about that. So you can spend more time with that or you can spend more time doing that. So that's why. Second is, got to be a real business. You know, if you, you treat the real estate like a hobby, it's going to pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it'll pay you like a business. I would say uh, real estate is probably the lowest paying easy work. That's the highest paying hard work. And anything worthwhile, you've got to work hard for it, right? So if you have to work hard, then you might as well get involved and get started in the thing that's going to pay you the most. And that's why I think real estate is, and that's why, why I chose it initially. And uh, it's, it's treated me really well because I treated it like a business. So step one for them was to set up their business, to set up an actual business. And if you don't have an LLC or an entity yet, who knows which one you're actually going to need. I got together with some friends and made some arrangements for you to make it really, really easy and almost free. You can go to freeentity.com and they'll spend a good 45 minutes with you to go ahead and see what it is you actually need to start running your business like a business. Okay. The next thing you need is a steady flow of leads. You know, your leads are the fuel that runs the engine of your business. If you don't have leads, then you're not going to have the opportunity, right? More leads equal more opportunity and at least a better negotiations, which a lot of people don't actually consider because you know, you need leads for your business, but you don't need any one lead. And a lot of people get focused on that one lead or that one seller. And they're trying every single angle that they possibly can to go ahead and convert that into a deal. And if you do that, it's really difficult to walk away if you only got that one person. But if you got multiple leads, the more leads you got, the easier it is for you to walk away. And one thing you want to know about when it comes to negotiating, when you're afraid to walk away, you've already lost. So leads not only present the more opportunity for you, the more opportunity for you to succeed, it also makes you a better negotiator. It doesn't make you as desperate. You don't compromise your standards as much. And so when we, we started off with leads and there's two ways to create, create them. You can work for them or you can pay for them. And when I got started, I barely had two nickels to rub together. This was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago now. And uh, I only knew how to work for it. So I got my hustle on. And if anyone can show you how to do this business uh, for free, it's certainly I, because that's exactly how I did it. But today, oh my God, it's so much easier. You've got the means, you've got access to leverage. And so we went through that. And we showed them a few different places to go to. And this is the one I'm actually uh, restarting my business right now is with a, a cold calling virtual assistant, one that's going to work for me directly. They'll only work for me. And they're going to send out text messages and cold calls. They're going to screen everybody for them, for me. And then they're just going to set me up with appointments. And that uh, just keep on feeding them leads, feeding them leads. And they just keep on calling, calling, calling. So that's over at vasforrealestate.com. I think this is one of the more uh, speedier ways and cost-efficient ways to get leads 
and opportunities to uh, to you to have those appointments and have those good seller conversations than any other thing out there right now. It's really cost effective. And then again, some direct mail and stuff like that, some digital stuff and agencies. Next thing that you need, what a lot of people underestimate is you need a good conversion process. You know why you're doing this, got your business up and running, you're treating it like a real business, you've got a steady flow of leads, but now when those leads come in, you've got to learn how to convert those leads to a contract. So we got the conversion process of the lead to the contract and then the contract to profit. If you get the lead to contract right, the second part, contract to profit, really, really easy. So we just focus a lot on getting this lead to contract and we kind of took them through the expectations of sellers, the conversion quadrant, how to find cooperative sellers and create easy transactions, show them how, where the actual deal is. We gave them the nine point seller interview that helps them build rapport it builds trust. The seller will have confidence in your competence and they'll want to work with you and it'll help you separate the suspects from the prospects. So you're only spending your time with those people that really want to work with you right now. And that's even if you know nothing about real estate, you've never done a deal before and you can have a conversation with a seller and they will think you're an absolute expert just by that little seller interview that we have. And then we go through the quick and dirty analysis and what to do before the appointment, how to tour the property, whether that's in person, which I always recommend, or how to do it virtually and, and still lock up the deal. Okay. So we went through that and then we went through all the tools and resources. There's a bunch of stuff that you can get, but we went through just the bare minimum and most of it costs nothing. You need the computer and the printer and the phone number or a phone. You need the nine point seller interview. You need your 10 navigator scorecards. This is where we're going to keep track, how we're going to keep track of our activities and our results during the 10 days of the challenge. Then we're going to track our leads this way. Then just envelopes and stamps. That's the bare minimum. And I gave a bunch of other optional stuff that can really, uh, utilize leverage and help them be a lot more efficient and, let them, and spend a lot less time doing it. Okay. And the last thing you need is you're going to need support because you can have the best system in place. You can have all the resources, but at some point you're going to get stuck, right? There's a lesson in every single real estate transaction. Some, and every time I have a transaction, there'll be something about that transaction that I've never experienced before. And so I go to intern to support. I've got associates and people that are, that are around me. So you need that community around you. So we offer support in a, a number of ways over the 10 day challenge. One is via video conference calls. We meet every Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to end up for three and a half weeks. And then inside of those calls, we do the training and there'll be some education, but it'll be almost all demonstration because people really learn well when they're actually watching it be done. And that's what I'm doing on this challenge with everybody. Um, and again, if you want to get the details, you just go over to legendschallenge.com and then uh, Q&A. And I'm there for the Q&A and answer all their questions. We go through total deal analysis with them and we look at their deals and we get them back onto the conversations with sellers, teach them how to follow up. And in many cases, I just got off the phone with uh, D'Angelo, a private client of mine, and we called a seller right there while he was on the Zoom call with me. So if it comes down to that, I'll just make those calls for him. All right. So that's the support there. And that's what I really want to focus on. So if your business doesn't have these things, you know, it's going to be tough to pull through this new economy, this new environment that we're going through right now. So make sure you have those essentials. You got to know why you're doing it. You got to run it like a real business. Go get your free entity over at freeentity.com. And then um, you need a steady flow of leads. So whether you work for those or you pay for those, it's got to be steady. It's going to create more opportunity for you. It's going to make you a better negotiator. And then you need to know how to convert those leads into contracts. There's a lot, a lot of deals out there. There's a lot of opportunity out there, contrary to popular belief. But what there's not a lot of, 
There's not a lot of people that know how to convert. There's not a lot of skilled real estate investors that are skilled in the conversation, skilled in finding solutions for, for sellers. And if you get that down, then the sky's the limit. And you need some minimal tools and resources. Most of that stuff is free. It's how I got started, but there's great resources right now that I've introduced everybody to, to where you can totally expedite this. So if you're working a full-time job or you have limited number of hours, then that is available for you too. The official challenge starts on June 30th. So we're just doing like three sessions of prep, getting everybody ready to run. And I'm doing it right alongside with everybody. And I would love to have you. Alrighty. So go to the legendschallenge.com and join us tomorrow. You can watch, as soon as you log in, you can go ahead and you can watch yesterday's session. You'll be all caught up and you'll be right caught up to speed with us tomorrow. Okay? And uh, if you want to make some money in real estate, and I don't think there's any greater opportunity or asset class or industry over the next few years, particularly because of the environment that we're in. The greatest hedge against inflation is going to be real estate because as our the value of our dollar decreases, then we need more of those dollars to buy the real estate. So the real estate is going to up and up in price. And that's one part. So just by the value and the equity of the property is going to hedge you against inflation. And the second part is rents keep on rising. They're up, I think 40, was it 43% year over year nationally? Was it 43? Maybe it was 43% here in Vegas, but 23% nationally. Either way, it's significantly more than we normally see. And that's what happens during a time like this. And the supply and demand is so lopsided at the moment. With regard to, we got more people than we got houses. People think we're in this housing bubble. We're not in a housing bubble. We are in a people bubble, if anything, but I don't think the people are going to pop. So uh, real estate is one of our essential needs and there's enough demand to fulfill whatever's available out there. And that wraps up the epic show. If you found this episode valuable, who else do you know that might too? There's a really good chance you know someone else who would. And when their name comes to mind, please share it with them and ask them to click the subscribe button when they get here and I'll take great care of them. God loves you and so do I. Health, peace, blessings, and success to you. I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.